Okay, so you have this great story in mind. And for that, you need an evil villain. He or she has to be dark, manipulative, oh so hated by your reader. And they need to do despicable things. Uh, The villain, not the reader. So this villain is going to be the ultimate psychopath or sociopath. The problem is that you really have no idea how to actually write a psychopath or a sociopath. I mean, what's the difference? Is there a difference? How do you write a psychopath or a sociopath accurately? And how do you convey their traits to your reader without getting too in the weeds of the psychology of it, of the realism of it? In other words, what's the balance between realism and fictional villains here, right? Well, terms like psychopathic and sociopathic are so overused in our society that they eventually don't mean anything anymore. So, you know, if somebody cuts me off in traffic, I can say, what a psychopath, but is that person actually a psychopath? Is there any way for me to know that? No, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just me expressing an emotion, right? But today I'm going to give you some insight on what these terms actually do mean, uh, what traits you can lean on as a writer to make them realistic, and how well to write them. This is actually a totally nerdy topic for me, and I'm really excited to talk about it. So stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? Do you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. Hi, Liesl. My name is Igor Portugal. I'm a new author. I'm working on my first science fiction, speculative fiction novel called The Planet Fourth enslaving freedom i just finished binge listening to all your episodes from the very start until august 2023 and i love them all it's a great content Uh, it's been a great companion as i am editing and marketing my novel Um, I've enjoyed it a lot. I would recommend it to any new uh, authors uh, as a great help and a great tool. Uh, And uh, looking forward to more episodes and uh, uh, new content coming out. Thank you so much for that review, Igor. I'm so glad that the podcast is helping you. And I think you're on a good track to, you know, become the writer that you want to be and to just onward and upward with your writing career. So thank you so much for that. If anybody else wants to leave a review or ask me a question that you would like 
addressed on the podcast. You can do what Igor did. You can leave a voice message for me. Just go to speakpipe.com forward slash the prolific author and you can just record it. I check those weekly. Okay, so let's dive into today's topic. I have long been interested in criminal and abnormal psychology. It's why I study serial killers and I watch a whole lot of true crime. (laughs) When Criminal Minds was on back in the day, I was absolutely in heaven. And yes, I've totally watched the new season they put on Paramount. If you want a review, the mystery is really good. I really liked it. The major difference is that Rossi says the F word a lot. (laughs) And that's just because it's on a streaming app now instead of network TV in the early 2000s. So they can do that where they couldn't before. Um, Okay, so what is the difference between psychopathy and sociopathy. If you're like me and you're into psychology and especially what most of society would consider villains, the differences between the two are actually really, really fascinating. Now, to some people, they might seem like vastly different things and they, they're they going to seem that way to people who study them, study them in detail. To people who don't study them in detail, the differences might seem nuanced. But if you want to write a villain with accurate psychology, it's good for you to kind of know what some of those differences are. So contrary to popular belief, psychopaths and sociopaths are actually very different. Um, These are not two words that mean the same thing, okay? They do have different traits and aspects to them. They also do have some similarities, so it's understandable why the general public might mix them up. They're really not that hard to keep straight and write accurately about, if you just know a little bit about them. Now, I'm not talking about you getting a college level degree in the psychology uh, between sociopathy and psychopathy. I'm just talking about learning some basic traits because let's face it, in order to write realistically about something, we really just need to know some of the basic stuff about it. If you can get some of the basics right and then use some of the lingo, you know, the official lingo, you start to sound like you're much more knowledgeable on a subject than you may actually be. (laughs) This is a trick that many writers use, including me, uh, to make it sound like we are experts on subjects that we really might just be amateur dabblers in, right? Um, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, so sorry if it's a repeat, but I did this once and I just remember it because of the feedback I got when I was writing Intercron. Um, I was talking about geology. I was talking about different kinds of rock. And I literally just took some really basic traits of a couple of different kinds of rock. It was like sandstone is softer than granite kind of a thing. And it really made my characters sound like legit geologists. I had people asking me if I had taken a geology class before. And I was like, no, I've literally never taken a geology class, okay? So my characters were really not geologists. And how do I know that? Because I'm really, really not one, so they couldn't be. But it makes them sound that way. Like I know what I'm talking about, like I've done my research, even if I've only just kind of Googled a couple of things here and there, okay? So that's what we're talking about. As with all things, All you have to do is a little bit of research and then you can write your villain with a ton of punch, no pun intended, um, a ton of psychological realism and you can make them endlessly compelling to your reader, which is of course what we want. So let's get into this a little bit, okay? So I've done trainings on this before, but I think the podcast is a really great place to really kind of geek out about this because it's very specific to a, a particular kind of villain. Obviously not all of your villains are gonna fall under the heading of sociopath or psychopath, but a lot of them will. And it's also just really good to know these kind of traits about characters in general, because not all sociopaths or psychopaths by far are criminal in what they do. 
people can have these traits and actually function very well in society. So it's just another way to expand your knowledge about people and personalities, and then you can write more rounded and realistic characters that way. All right, so here's the thing. Sociopath, from what most of society knows about it, it means lacking emotion. And there is truth to that, that sociopaths don't have a whole lot of compassion for other people's pain. Okay, that is definitely true. But because of that, most people think that a sociopath doesn't show emotion, and that's actually not true. So a sociopath is the kind of person who, and this is what makes them hypocritical, is they actually have a lot of pain and a lot of emotion in them that they do feel very deeply and they do show. And the reason they're hypocritical is because their pain matters to them, but nobody else's does, right? So a sociopath, um, they tend to be very changeable, okay? They they can change their mind, they can be very impulsive, and, and not necessarily in a good way, right? They're actually the kind of people who are prone to emotional outbursts. And by that, I mean the kind that make people really uncomfortable because they'll just all of a sudden freak out and it's the kind of thing that people go, oh, something is off with that person, right? So they're very easily agitated. Um, so like I said, they do show actually a lot of emotion, but a true sociopath just doesn't have compassion for other people's emotions, okay? So it's a little bit counterintuitive, but this is the way that it is, right? Um, sociopaths do tend to be a little bit uneducated, and even saying that, it's a little bit misleading. They can be highly educated in one field, but they tend to be uneducated in other fields, um, and they often do not have a classic education. But keep in mind, with all of these traits, obviously they're not gonna be 100% true of every sociopath. There's always a continuum. Some will be true, some will be less true. Um, but overall, Sociopaths tend to lead a lower class lifestyle, right? Um, they isolate themselves from society, so they don't tend to be very social. Now, when I say isolate, it can be that they actually leave society and live by themselves in the woods, but it doesn't have to be that. Sometimes they can live in a big city, but they just find ways to isolate themselves socially, okay? The kind of people that never leave their apartment, don't really have any friends, don't really talk to anybody, that sort of thing and they're highly disorganized in their crimes. Now, I'm gonna compare this to psychopaths, and then we're gonna talk about some very well-known real-world examples, okay? So, how is a psychopath different than the sociopath? Now, this is where I think it's really interesting. As I said before, sociopaths, because they don't feel emotional compassion for other people, we kind of tend to assume that they don't show emotion, but they actually do, they show a lot of emotion. Psychopaths are almost the opposite of that. It's also true that they don't feel compassion for other people, so that's something that the two have in common. But psychopaths are the ones that don't really show emotion. They, they can be completely emotionally stoic, apathetic. Um, and so it's, it's kind of funny that we cross these two because we assume that a sociopath doesn't show emotion when really it's the psychopath that doesn't show emotion, but they are two different things, okay? So it's, it's easy to understand why we get them crossed in our minds. These are a little bit nuanced. Okay, but in all of the ways I just talked about a sociopath, a psychopath is kind of the opposite, okay? Where the sociopath is impulsive and changeable, the psychopath is hyper-controlled. Everything they do, they have thought out in advance. You know, they're methodical. They're highly organized, right? Um, they do show the emotional apathy, which means they really don't show much emotion, or when they do, it's kind of fake, right? So they, they might even go out of their way to try to show emotion, but it's gonna come off as overdone or fake. And, and that's when they bother to do that at all. Some people 
they just don't care. They won't show the emotion at all. Um, I said that the sociopath was often uneducated or not classically educated. The psychopath will be highly educated and very often can show off their education. They're gonna have very high IQs. They're gonna hold very high paying jobs. They tend to live a higher class lifestyle. Now, where the sociopath is socially awkward, the psychopath tends to fit in really well with the Joneses, as it were, okay? They are chameleons. They can fit in anywhere. They can ingratiate themselves socially. I mean, these are the kind of people that, you know, when they are revealed to be a criminal, all of their neighbors and friends say, oh, we had no idea he was so normal. Okay, that's why, because of the psychopathic tendencies. Sociopaths are a lot less capable of doing that. Okay, they isolate themselves because they don't know how to fit in socially. Psychopaths do, they can figure it out. Um, And they are just very highly organized and methodical. Now, when I say organized, I don't know if everyone knows what that means. I don't mean their desk looks beautiful. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about their actual, how they go about things. Um, Like I said, the sociopath can be very um, impulsive and they'll just kind of throw something out there. They're very changeable. They don't necessarily think about the outcome of their actions. They, they have something that, you know, they might have something that they want as an outcome, but they'll still just kind of throw spaghetti against the wall and hope they get what they want. Whereas a psychopath will think about every possible outcome and will try to control every possible detail of what they're doing to make sure they get the outcome they want. Okay, so they're just way more organized, way more methodical. So I said I would give you some examples that are very well-known real-world examples. These are both criminals that I'm thinking of and they both have the name Ted. (laughs) So I want you to think about what I've said, think about famous criminals, and see if you can come up with who I mean. I'll just give you a few seconds. All right, let's talk about the sociopath first. Who who is a famous criminal sociopath that fits all of these characteristics? If you guessed Ted Kaczynski, you're right. The Unabomber, if you remember him, or if you've ever studied him at all, Unabomber happened when I was just a kid, so I was aware of it. I remember seeing the famous picture of him with the hoodie and the sunglasses on the news, but I was too little to really know what was going on. But I have since studied the case and studied him somewhat, and he's really, really fascinating. Um, he was definitely a sociopath, okay? He, once you get, if you ever listen to family members of his who didn't know, that, of course, that he was the Unabomber until much later, you know, when it was figured out, they talked about how he was very socially awkward and he was just kind of off and kind of strange and nobody really liked spending time with him. They, they thought he was mentally ill or something. He just made them uncomfortable. Now, he was actually highly educated. He actually, he had a, a Ivy League education, but it was not necessarily in the field that he needed for his criminal behavior. So he wrote his manifesto famously. He had a lot of knowledge about social theory and that's why he was able to write the manifesto. But when, if you study the, the progression of the Unabomber, his early bombs were not terribly effective. They weren't terribly well made and it's because science was not his field, okay? He didn't have the education he needed and he was learning as he went along. And of course, as he went along, the bombs became more effective, they hurt more people, they killed more people. So he, he learned as he was going. But the point is, he would have been considered not very educated in that field. Um, There's also the fact that he literally was living in a cabin in the woods, right? So I said that didn't always have to be the case, and it doesn't, but in this case, he was literally 
isolating himself geographically from society. He just lived out in the woods. And so he also didn't have maybe the IQ to hold down a normal job to give himself the funds he needed to, you know, build his bombs a little bit faster or more efficiently, okay? But that's very typical of a sociopath. He didn't hold down a normal job, he was not social, and he was isolating himself from society. And he was very disorganized. And once again, you might say, oh, but his bombs did kill people, so he must have been organized. Not really. I mean, he was putting out bombs and hoping they would kill people, but like I said, the first few were not well done and didn't do what he wanted them to do. And then slowly he got better over time, but that is disorganized. He wasn't making sure that every single element was in place to get the outcome he wanted. That is considered criminally disorganized, okay? So that's a really good example. Ted Kaczynski was a very typical sociopath and he was a criminal, he did hurt people. Once again, let me emphasize that not everybody who has sociopathic tendencies is a criminal. Um, you might see someone who is socially awkward, who doesn't hold down a job, but they never do anything criminal. They're completely harmless, you know. So keep that in mind. These don't have to be always criminal behaviors, but the really famous ones, this is why we know what these terms are, because while not all sociopaths are criminals, pretty much all criminals have sociopathic or psychopathic tendencies, okay? Just something to keep in mind so that we're not um, judging too harshly things that shouldn't be judged that way. So now let's change over to the psychopath. This person's that I'm thinking of, famous psychopath, is also Ted. <laughs> I'm thinking people probably came up with this one a little bit more easily. And since you can actually answer because it's a podcast, I'll just tell you, it's Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was a classic psychopath, okay? Think about him as compared to Ted Kaczynski. He was hyper-controlled about everything. And maybe that didn't always come across, but the way he spoke, um, the way he dressed, the way he presented himself was all thought about in advance because he had a specific image that he wanted to project and he was very much in control of that image. Um, Emotional apathy is a little bit harder to see with him too because he was so good at being charismatic. He didn't come across as apathetic. But I mean, on the one hand, you can point out that he killed a lot of people and it takes a whole lot of emotional apathy to do what he did. Um, but you have to kind of get into the nitty gritty day to day versus what was being seen on the news at night, right? People who talked to him talked about how he was not compassionate. He was not particularly tender or loving. You know, there you can you can kind of even if they couldn't express it very well, the people who knew him, the people who dated him, who actually survived the experience, they do talk about that with him, that he just um, seemed very aloof all the time and not all that interested in who they were as people. Um, he was highly educated. This man was a lawyer, okay? He, he not only had this education, but he projected a very educated air. In fact, back then, um, when he was going about doing his evil deeds, it was, you know, before the internet, before cell phones, and the public was much less educated back then about criminal psychology than they are now. But this was years, decades, really, before things like Criminal Minds and CSI and Law and & Order became mainstream TV shows, okay? So as a, as a society, we are much more educated about criminal behavior than we were back then. And there were so many people in, in the general public who genuinely believed that the police were setting Ted Bundy up. And the only reason that they thought that was because he was so educated. And they would just say, no way, this guy's a lawyer. He's charming, he's successful, he's handsome. No way he's a killer because the only killer that they could imagine in their mind is the creepy, unbathed, 
you know, low class guy who's skulking around a trailer park or something. You know what I mean? That's that's the only thing they could imagine. And they didn't know anything about psychopaths back then, or at least the general public didn't. Okay. Um, anyway, Ted Bundy clearly lived a high class lifestyle. He had plenty of money, nice clothes, bought nice things, drove a nice car. Um, he could definitely fit in with high society. He knew how to do that. He was a chameleon and he was highly organized. He always thought out um, every aspect of his killing and that's why it took a long time for them to catch him, that sort of thing. Okay, so these are just two classic examples of sociopathy versus psychopathy. So the next question is how do we write them in a way that is realistic and brings them across to the reader uh, without getting too into the weeds about the uh, you know chemical imbalances in the brain and that sort of thing. Well, the most obvious answer is just to take what I've laid out for you here and use that as their personality so that you can show the reader that they do these things. However, I am going to give you one more quick list of behaviors that actually apply to both of them. So like I said, it's understandable why we get sociopath and psychopath mixed up because they are very similar. In a way, they have a lot of the same psychology, but they just project it or show it outwardly differently, okay? So let me get into that really quickly, and then we'll wrap up. So these are things that can apply to either one, and one more time, I'm gonna emphasize that anybody can have these traits, and they may not be criminal at all, so these are just, I mean, I mean, because it's a continuum, you could argue that all of us have psychopathic traits to some extent, but we're just on the very low end of the continuum versus somebody like Ted Bundy, who's very high on the continuum, and that can lead to more criminal-like behavior if you're not careful. Um, so things that can apply to either one of them, and again, might not apply, it might not any given character is not going to have all of these. It would be more like a handful, two or three of these, you know, might apply to your character. Anyway, so they can have early behavioral problems, which means as a child or as a young person, these are things like harm to animals, um, criminal behavior in young people, even promiscuity at a young age, okay? It's very common to see these kinds of things in true sociopaths or psychopaths. Um, they tend to be very glib and superficial, and people will notice this. Like I said about Ted Bundy, the people who talked to him in his daily life, a lot of them noticed that he was just very superficial and they just didn't like him. They really had no suspicion of what he was actually doing, but they just noticed that about him, right? The other thing is they can be very eccentric or grandiose, meaning they make themselves look good no matter what. Every time they open their mouth, they're extolling their own virtues in some way, right? They can put on a show, um, that's very over the top. So one example that comes to me about this was, um, I think his name was Glass. He, I can't remember his first name, but he made up a whole bunch of articles for his magazine and he was just making this stuff up, it wasn't real. And then he got caught doing that. And they've got a pretty good movie about it. I wanna, I think it's called Breaking Glass that I watched a long time ago, where it just shows that every time he was pitching an article, he would put on this whole song and dance and it was just over the top. And most people actually liked him, like it was entertaining. But then they found out that he was just making this stuff up. You know, it was like a form of journalistic fraud and he got in a lot of trouble for it, but that is very typical, especially of a psychopath to be very over the top like that um, in order to be the center of attention. Now, 
a sociopath is probably going to, they will do the same thing, but they will obviously do it a little bit differently. They are more likely to play the victim card. So they're, you know, instead of being over the top and funny and charming, they are gonna be over the top with an emotional outburst. They're more likely to cry and say life is not fair and make themselves the victim. But either way, they're being very eccentric and very grandiose. Um, obviously, either of them can lack remorse or guilt about anything. They can both be very deceitful or manipulative. Shallow emotions, although again, that's going to be shown differently. Um, I kind of already went over this. The psychopath will not show much in the way of emotion, and they do have shallow emotions. The sociopath will have very deep emotions about their own problems and about themselves, but not about other people. Um, they can both be very impulsive and have a desperate need for excitement. And this usually comes at the expense of others. So again, you're gonna see this differently depending on which one you're talking about. The psychopath is more likely to be very, I don't know, obvious about it. Like if they were to push someone into doing something they didn't want to do, even if it was just like going on a roller coaster or something, because they needed to feel the excitement of that person's fear. And they don't care that they might be traumatizing that person, right? A sociopath might do the same thing, but they're not gonna be as um, obvious or outward about it. They're more likely to do it in secret. And because they have this impulsive need for excitement and do not care if it comes at someone else's expense, this is also why we see a lot of sexual deviance in people like this. And I'll just kind of leave it at that so we're not creating an X-rated um, <laughs> episode, but think about that. If they have a need for excitement and they don't care who they hurt, you can see that that would give way to sexual deviance, unfortunately. Um, they have a lack of responsibility, which can mean in general, like we talked about, sociopaths not holding down a job, you know, if they had a family or, you know, had a child with someone else, they're not gonna take responsibility for that family or that child. But it can also be a matter of not taking responsibility for their own actions, meaning they're not gonna ever admit that they did something wrong. They're not gonna ever admit to anything that makes them look bad, things like that. Um, you know, a, a really mature person will say, you know what, I screwed up, I made a mistake and will take responsibility for that. A psychopath or a sociopath, you will never get them to do that. They're way too narcissistic. Um, and finally, they have a penchant for not following the rules and not in a good way, <laughs> not in a heroic, you know, be a young rebel sort of way. Um, in, in fact, a, an example I use to explain this a lot has to do with criminal psychology in general. So let's say, well, let me put it this way. Cops very often catch criminals, especially, you know, who are doing something like running drugs or illegal guns or whatever it is in their cars, they often catch them due to very basic violations of the law, meaning because the person was speeding or because they had a light out. Um, now that may sound like, okay, duh, they catch anybody who does that, but here's my point. If I, not that I ever would, but if I had decided to run drugs and had them in my car, I would be so worried about being caught that I would go out of my way to make sure that I was just living by the letter of the law, that I was staying exactly within the speed limit, that everything about my vehicle was up to code so that the police had absolutely no reason to pull me over and that there would be no way that I would get caught, right? I mean, that's just normal. That's just logical for those of us who think that way. But most criminals, they don't think the way we do, okay? They get a kind of um, 
excitement, like a high from breaking rules. So they're gonna break as many rules as they can break just because it makes them feel cool that they broke those rules and they didn't get caught. So they are more likely to have a light out, to have not registered their car, to turn out the light over their license plate, which is illegal, um, to speed. And you just think, why would you do that when you have this stuff in your car and if you get caught, you're gonna go to jail for a long time? But that is just not the way they think. They're not logical the way we are, okay? They break the rules because their mentality is, I'm gonna break as many rules as I possibly can, and that's how they get their high, okay? That's exactly how sociopaths and psychopaths are. So you can also kind of pinpoint them by seeing that they're breaking rules. Um, you know, I, I don't think we have to go too far to see the ones that Ted Kaczynski and Ted Bundy both broke. Um, obviously, in the same way that I talked about um, Psychopaths are more likely to hide it, and because they tend to be high-end and have higher-paying jobs, you might see it in the form of skimming, embezzlement, cutting corners, uh, white-collar crime, things like that. And because they're psychopaths, they will be very, very meticulous about it, so it'll actually be pretty hard to catch them. They're likely to get away with it for a while because they've tried to control every single outcome so they don't get caught, but they're doing something criminal because that's just that's just... A trait that they have. Um, it will manifest very differently in a sociopath. They will break the rules, but they'll do it um, under cover of night. They won't be obvious about it, and they'll be much more frenzied and disorganized about it, right? So in terms of writing a character like this, just use some of these traits and put them into your character. And maybe even because you know the psychology now, you can even talk about how it makes them feel doing these things actually gives them a high, right? And so they can talk about how exciting it is to break these rules or, you know what I mean, that sort of thing. But now that you know some of these things, you can put them in. And if you're writing any kind of procedural police kind of thing, or, you know, maybe you're not, but you can still have either a psychologist or a police officer come in and explain things to your characters so that you know, it just makes the reader think that you know what's going on in the criminal mind. You must be really smart about this kind of thing. But really, what I've laid out here are just, I don't know, 15 or 20 different points, and you can pick and choose from them, and if you just take two or three and put them into your villain and help use them to make your villain evil and help use them to explain why your villain does what he or she does, that just makes them so much more real in the eyes of the reader. And like I said, because we're so much more um, educated these days about criminal behavior and criminal psychology, it actually lends you a lot of credence as the author because they know from you know other forms of entertainment about this kind of stuff that you know what you're talking about and that it's actually true and they'll just 100% jump on board. So this is the kind of thing that can make your villain feel very real, very realistic and not just like a you know half-baked kind of vanilla villain. You know, you're actually giving them real psychology that people can relate to because they've seen this in their real lives, okay? So um, let me do a quick recap. Remember that sociopaths are very changeable. They're easily agitated, prone to emotional outbursts. They tend to be uneducated in one way or another. They live a lower class lifestyle, very isolated from society, and they're very disorganized. So prime example is Ted Kaczynski. On the other hand, psychopaths are hyper-controlled. 
They do present emotional apathy, actually more than sociopaths do. They do tend to be more highly educated. They live a high-class lifestyle, tend to have a high-paying job. Um, They fit in with the Joneses. They're very much chameleons, especially in the social aspect. And they are highly organized and methodical. But both sociopaths and psychopaths can display similar behaviors, such as early behavioral problems in childhood, like harming animals, crimes, promiscuity. Um, They can be very glib and superficial. They're eccentric and grandiose, always wanting to be the center of attention in some way. They lack remorse or guilt when they've done something wrong. They're very deceitful, often manipulative. They have very shallow emotions in each their own ways. They tend to be impulsive and have a desperate need for excitement, for whatever excites them, and it usually comes at the expense of others. Um, They lack responsibility in their lives. They often don't hold down jobs, but they definitely won't take responsibility for their actions either. And they go out of their way not to follow the rules. So um, I hope this is helpful to you. I hope that you can take this and, you know, however it serves you, you certainly don't have to use all of these, but apply whatever works to your characters, to your villains, in order to make them more three-dimensional, to make them jump off the page so that your reader will latch onto them and probably hate them all the more. (laughs) Um, But that'll just help them, the reader, to root for your hero all the more, okay? So thank you for listening today. Thank you for letting me geek out about one of my favorite subjects. Um, And yeah, let me know if this was helpful and if you use it to craft any of your villains. Meanwhile, have a wonderful week of writing, and I'll see you back here next time. Have a great week. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.